Amazing. Well, I'm so excited to have the privilege to share this morning. Um, if you haven't um, met me or they said before, my name's Caitlin, one of the um, team here, and it's such a joy to be at Breakthrough and to have the opportunity um, to minister. And I'll just actually, while we've just prayed, I'll just pray. So, Lord, I thank you, God, for this word this morning, the word that you put on our heart. I thank you for the way you've already spoken. Lord, through so many avenues this morning, I thank you, Lord, that Holy Spirit, you will keep ministering and let me just be your vessel, God, for your word to come through. Let faith be ignited um, in this place, in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Um, well, it's, it's amazing when you hear when, um, like, you know, you come to service and God's put something on your heart and then you hear how God's already been ministering and speaking um, through so many different avenues and um, through Caleb and the worship, through Brooke and the offering, how it's like God's just... God's wanting us to build our faith this morning. Um, so this morning, we're going to be building our faith um, for what God's got ahead of us. And I'm going to particularly be talking, um, so the title of my message is Vantage Point. So we'll be, you'll learn a little bit more about what that means and how that um, ties in. But this morning, we're going to be looking a little bit at the concept of perspectives and what, what perspective you're seeing things from and what perspective you're looking at something from. Um, so to do this, I wanted to tell a a couple of stories of things that happened to me growing up. Now, I was blessed to grow up in the most amazing household um, with the most amazing parents. Um, for those who don't know, in case you're watching online, um, my, parent, my parents are the senior pastors of this church, Pastor Peter and Christine. And they're not only great pastors, they are amazing parents as well. And I think looking back now, I can see things with a fresh perspective and I see just how blessed I was growing up. We ha had an amazing childhood. I was in a family, in a house of love, a family of faith, um, a household of, of fun and great things and goodness. And they did, so they did such an incredible job of us growing up in, in giving us such a special, incredible, God-filled um, house and household and childhood to grow up in. And I'm so grateful for that. I want to honor them for that. And some of the things that I look back on now from a fresh perspective, as now I'm an adult, 30 years old, looking back from an adult's perspective, I see things differently because when I was a child, there were some things which I thought were just, I'm sorry because we're not meant to use this word in church, but I thought they were like just magic, like just magical, sorry, Graham, magical in the sense, in the meaning of the word, just like wow, like, this is the best thing ever. This is amazing. Oh, my goodness. And now I look back as a parent, sorry, as an adult, looking back and realizing that wasn't actually magic. That was just really clever parenting, <laughs> really clever, strategic parenting choices that as a child, I was like, oh, my goodness. Sorry, the camera, I can see. I'm walking back and forth. I'm like, I'm like, oh, my goodness. And it's like, no, that was just really clever parenting. So one of the things that I, I've realized now is not actually magic. It was just clever parenting is I'll give you a little bit, a little insight into our ritual, our holiday ritual. Um, now, firstly, when I say holidays, I mean school holidays. So we had a tradition in our house that when it came to the last day of school, the last day of school was an amazing day because not only were you finishing school, but two things without fail happened every last day of school. Firstly, you go straight down to your local blockbuster and you get your seven movie deal for the week and you pick out your holiday movies. And I'm, I genuinely am so sorry for children who are growing up in this generation who have never experienced the pure thrill <laughs> of going into a blockbuster 
and getting to choose your seven movies for your deal that you were going to come take home with you. There is nothing quite like that adrenaline. And I, and I think that the sense of commitment to be like, when you go in there and being like, I am committing to these movies. I am going to watch these for the next seven days and I will watch nothing else except these seven things. Um, and having to choose and you'd go back and forth and you, you're like, oh, hang on, I'm, there's eight movies. Well, okay, let's go up to the 10 movie deal. Okay, now we've got to find two more. And we'd always try to set time limits for in Blockbuster. We're like, all right, 45 minutes, not a minute more. And then, you know, two hours later, we're like, we're still, I wanted this movie and I wanted this movie. And, you know, then we go and take them all home, end up watching one of them and then take the rest, <laughs> the rest back at the end of the week. Anyway, so the first, first tradition was we go to Blockbuster. The second thing we do on the last day of school is we would go to Blockbuster, then we'd hop out and we'd drive to our local um, local grocery store. We were Coles people growing up, so we'd go to our local Coles, and Caleb and I got to pick our holiday cereals. Now, I don't know if anyone else in here, hands up, if you had holiday cereals, but holiday cereals was where you got to pick one cereal box that was yours and yours alone, and that was what you were going to be eating for the rest of the holidays. And you got to choose everything. And Caleb and I, every time without fail, would stand there perusing the aisle. And every time I would go home with a box of Cocoa Pops, and Caleb would go home with a box of Fruit Loops. Um, you know, I can see that tradition's real. I keep eating, I still eat Cocoa Pops. I don't know if Caleb will feel loved if you get him a bo bo um, box of Fruit Loops now. Um, but every time would be like, oh, and this is my holiday cereal. Now, the difference was as a child, the difference between cereal and holiday cereal was ginormous. It was so different. It was like, no, no, this is holiday cereal. Like, it's different. If I bought this on Thursday, it's not, it's different. You know, and like, but this is holiday cereal. You'll be so excited. But then looking back, I realized, actually, it was just cereal. Actually, if we had bought it on Thursday, it would have been the exact same thing. But no, the magic of getting it as the holiday cereal was so special. Um, you know, and it was just clever parenting. Meant during the term we ate wheat bix, and then when it came to the holidays, ah, we get like we get all the sugar and the exciting things. I'm like, this is just clever parenting. Something inexpensive, making it really special. The holiday cereal, and then the second the second um, thing I'll introduce you to is following on from our holiday themes. Is now we had holiday cereal, but now I'm going to introduce you to the next step up. I don't know. A few people had holiday cereals. Have you had vacation cereal? Vacation cereal is different to holiday cereal. And what would happen every time we would get to holidays, get, get onto vacation, the first stop, every time we'd arrive. Now, I'll talk a bit about like our, our favorite um, holiday destination as a family was always the Gold Coast. And without fail, we get to the Gold Coast, we land, we go check into the, holiday, uh, check into the hotel. First stop, local grocery store to go down and get our, our holiday groceries. And we got vacation cereal. Now this, I got this this morning. I'm really shattered because it's, it's not the same. It's different to the picture up here because these are little bags. You don't have bags for, for vacation cereal. Vacation cereal came in boxes because in, if you, thank you, everyone's hearing what you do. You, oh, thank you, Pre. You opened your box. God forbid you poured that cereal into a bowl. No, thank you. Shame on you if you poured that into a bowl. No, 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 no. You had your box. Opened it up, poured your milk into the box, and before it got soggy, you, um, you quickly ate your cereal. 
um, and it was just magical. Now, the great thing about vacation cereal is we, Caleb and I would get to choose, you know, every morning, which one are you going to get, Cocoa Pops, Fruit Loops? Then you'd go down the line into the rice bubbles and Special K kind of area. Then... I don't know who thought it was a good idea to start putting things like Sustain and All Brand into your vacation box, because every time without fail, it would just be like a dad's like, I'll take it, I'll, 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 I'll take the All Brand, it's all right, it's all right, I'll, I'll take one for the team. And we're like, oh, you know, I'll get ready to get like another box ready to start the cycle again. As I bought it this morning, I've noticed they've taken out the All Brand and they've just put in two lots of the Cocoa Pops and Rice Bubbles. I was like, ah, they know what they want. They, they know what people want. So that's vacation cereal. But again, as an adult, like, I look back and realize it was actually just cereal. No different. It's just a more expensive version of this because you're paying to get less of it into little boxes. Um, and it was, like, it was just going to the grocery store to pick up your breakfast items. But as a child, it was wonder. It was so exciting. I would look forward and we would be so excited every morning to get out our, our vacation cereal and get it ready. And it was just wonder. So again, from the child's perspective, amazing. Adult's perspective, ah, just some clever parenting going on. <laughs> clever parenting. Now, for the, the last one to talk through for child's perspective and something in my childhood is, again, holidays, we love the Gold Coast. Gold Coast will always have such a special place in my heart because that was our family destination. We went there as, like every couple of years if we could. We stayed in for those you know, watching in Queensland, on, along the coast, beautiful weather. We always stayed in Broadbeach. It's a beautiful family area. So we got to know all the areas of Broadbeach. And we would sort of have our set of what we do is on our trips every time. You know, you go to things like the theme parks. You have to choose, do you do the three-park deal with Movie World and SeaWorld? Or do you go to the Dream World option? You know, do you go to the theme parks? You've got things like um, the Australian Outback. You've got... Um, Crumbrin Sanctuary, you've got some mountains, you've got your beach walk, we've got all these different things, and we'd have all of our traditions that we did every single holiday. And one of the traditions that we had, I'm going to say I'm, I'm a bit embarrassed to admit just how old I was before I realised this one wasn't in the same ballpark as like the movie world and the sea world and Australian Outback. I thought it was just another tourist destination. Um, and I, you know, Brooke laughed and Brooke was right there with me when we both discovered this is not a tourist destination, this is actually something our parents made up. Um, so this thing that we used to do, we'd, we'd go to, you know, go to this, go to movie world, go to SeaWorld. Then, once a holiday, every holiday, we would go to the big tourist attraction known as the Lizard Walk. Now, I don't know if you've heard of the Lizard Walk. That's us on our Lizard Walk up there. And um, the Lizard Walk is the walk from our hotel to the local shopping centre, Pacific Fair. Great Pacific Fair, great big outdoor indoor shopping centre. And the walk to get there is called the Lizard Walk. And we would be so excited to do the Lizard Walk because it was, I think there's a creek or something, like it was a bit of a bushy land, bit of a bushy walk, and Queensland's known for their lizards, so there's lots of lizards. And what you would have to do in the Lizard Walk is count how many lizards you can find from the start of your hotel to when you get to Pacific Fair. And it was exciting. My goodness, was it exciting. Counting how many lizards you found on the lizard walk. So you can see us there. You're ready. I love Caleb and I. We've got our cameras around our neck. We're ready. Very cool. Very sturdy cameras. Very cool sunglasses. You can go to the next slide. Here are a few of us preparing to go on our other lizard walks. Lots of zinc cream. Can't be too careful with that zinc. Um, sun, sun smarts. Um, we loved our matching T-shirts. Again, clever parenting. Lots of matching T-shirts growing up. 
Um, and we were good sunnies, good sunnies there, Caleb. So we were really excited. And we would go on the Lizard Walk every time and we would take turns. We'd be like, oh, we'd get the video camera, we'd film each other, be like Steve Irwin. And it's my turn to be Steve Irwin. And I'm like, oh, look what I found, crikey, I found a lizard. And then it's his turn to be Steve Irwin, all right. Go around, then Brooke and Jay, as they, um, as they grew up and started coming to part of the lizard walks. And, you know, on a good day, you could get up to 40, 50 lizards, you know, 60 sometimes on that lizard walk. It was a great walk. Um, now, what I discovered embarrassingly late in life is that that's actually just the pathway to get to the shopping centre. It's not known to other people in the world as the lizard walk. It's actually just clever parenting because growing, when we would go there, quite often we wouldn't hire a car. So it was like when we go to Queensland, you walk everywhere. So this was a clever parent's way to say, let's not get our kids complaining for the hot, long bushwalk to the uh, shops. Let's get them in a good mindset, something exciting, turn it into adventure. And alas, it becomes the lizard walk. And you have to count how many lizards you go. Um, and it's like, wow, over here, adults, oh, just a walk as a child's perspective. Oh, my goodness, the lizard walk. Now, just before we go into our message, I will just make one note that a few years ago, something horrible happened in Queensland, and they developed the lizard walk. They turned, thank you, thank you, Ethan, for sharing the pain. Um, what well, was just, you know, a gravel path, not, you know, sort of just a, a sort of little bushy area to the, is turned into a beautiful, cemented, lights, fancy, very sophisticated path to Pacific Fair. And when we went there, I was devastated, absolutely devastated. That I'm like, my lizard walk is gone. Now it's all concrete and everything. But last year, our family was blessed, all of us, come on, one, on a family holiday again to the Gold Coast. And I said to my family, where? Where we will not be defeated by um, development. We will not be defeated by this concrete jungle. We're going on this lizard walk anyway, and we will find lizards. And might I say the favour of God works? Because we went on that lizard walk, you can go to the next slide, 2022 lizard walk, and we found not one, not two, but 17 lizards. Thank you. That's, whew, that's the favour of God. 17 lizards on our lizard walk. Um, so they, development will not beat us. We went back a couple of days and we found none. So I was like, that's okay. God just had one more lizard walk in it for us. One more day. So all that to say, some of our family traditions... As a child, I saw things as this amazing, wondrous, exciting adventure, just fantastic holiday cereals, lizard walks, all these great things. But then when I look back from an adult perspective, I realize, actually, it was, it was not that at all. It was the, the perspective I was looking through changed everything. You know, um, as an adult, you could approach it being like, oh, man, this is, this is so annoying. We can't afford to hire a car. I have to walk to the shops. It's hot. Oh, my goodness, this is terrible. They haven't got a good pathway. You know, haven't got a good path here. You know, you, you could look at it through like a, oh, it's just a walk to the shops. Wish we didn't have to do this. To a, oh, we get to go on the big lizard walk attraction um, going up. And so the exact same situation, but how, we, how you view it, changed everything about the experience. It changes the approach you take to it. It, it. it changes the joy level in, you know, in what we're doing. It changes the hope and excitement and anticipation you have, depending what way you're looking at it from, what perspective you're looking at it from looking at it from, changed everything. It changed the journey itself. It turned it in from one that could just be a miserable walk to one that was full of adventure and hope and excitement. Exactly same situation, two different perspectives, and everything about it changes. 
Everything about it changes. So how does this, this, uh, this does correlate to the Bible, I promise. Um, so how does this all correlate to the Bible? A few weeks ago, maybe a couple of months ago, I was sitting in our lounge room reading the Bible and I was reading in the book of Romans. Romans is, I know you're not meant to have favorites, but if you can have a favorite, Romans is my favorite book of the Bible. It is so special to me. It was the, the book of the Bible that I think was the first, the most spiritual sort of awakening experience. And I remember I was reading it sort of as a teenager and reading the book of Romans and discovering what God has actually done for me and what Jesus meant to me. Um, and it's just so much life in my life has come from the book of Romans. So I'll always go back to it. And I remember I was reading, I felt to go back, um, felt to go back there and was just reading there a few weeks ago. And I was so Romans 6 to 8. I love that whole section. If you haven't read Romans 6 to 8, please go. It is fundamentally just such a great um, snapshot of what Jesus has done for us. But I started reading through Romans. So we're just going to read through a bit of Romans 6. We won't go through the whole thing. And I'm reading from the New Living Translation. So they'll they'll come um, up on the screen as well. So Romans 6 says, Well, then should we keep on sinning so that God can show us more and more of his wonderful grace? Of course not. Since we have died to sin, how can we continue to live in it? Or have you forgotten that when we were joined with Christ Jesus in baptism, we joined him in his death? For we died and were buried with Christ by baptism. And just as Christ was raised from the dead by the glorious power of the Father, now we may also live new lives. Since we have been united with him in his death, we will also be raised to life as he was. We know that our old sinful selves were crucified with Christ so that sin might lose its power in our lives. And since we died with Christ, we know we'll also live with him. We are sure of this because Christ was raised from the dead and he will never die again. I love this. Death no longer has any power over him. Amen. When he died, he died once to break the power of sin. But now that he lives, he lives for the glory of God. So you should also consider yourselves to be dead to the power of sin and alive to God through Christ Jesus. Do not let sin control the way you live. Do not give in to sinful desires. Do not let any part of your body become an instrument of evil to serve sin. Instead, give yourselves completely to God. For you were dead, but now you have new life. So use your whole body as an instrument to do what is right for the glory of God. I love this part. Verse 14. Sin is no longer your master. For you no longer live under the requirements of the law. Instead, you live under the freedom of God's grace. Thank, can we just give him a praise? Say, thank you, Lord. We no longer live mm, under the, the law of sin and the dominion of sin, but we have found freedom in God's grace. I'll stop there. But if you keep reading right through 6, 7, 8, they just go through about what God has done for us, what Jesus has won for us. And as I was sitting there reading the Bible, the Holy Spirit started prompting me and he's highlighting the scripture so that sin may lose its power in our lives. Death no longer has any power over you. Um, sin is no longer your master. You know, you, you have been set free. You have been redeemed. You're no longer in, in the place of death, in the place of sin. And I was, as I was reading it, God started bringing this to mind. And, you know, he actually brought the lizard walk to mind. And he started bringing the lizard walk. He said, how the perspective of how I looked at the lizard walk changed everything about it because I could look at it from a child's perspective or I could go over here and look at it from, a, from an adult's perspective. And he said here, where I'm standing depends how I'm looking at a situation. 
What, where I'm standing depends on the perspective I have on a situation. And there, I can't even actually remember what it was I was praying for at the time, but he said, you're praying at this standing in the wrong place. You're looking at this through the perspective of someone who hasn't been set free from God. You're looking at someone, you're looking at this situation from the perspective of someone who's still under the dominion of condemnation and death and, and um, you know, um, guilt and shame. He said, you're actually standing over here in the perspective of someone who is set free, someone who is redeemed, someone who has, whose sin has no power over you anymore. And when you look back from that perspective, everything about what I was praying for changes because I'm seeing it from a different way. I'm seeing it from different eyes. So he's challenging me that where I was standing depended on how I was looking at situations. Was I looking at the thing I was praying for at a place from hurt or was I looking at it from a place of grace? You know, was I looking at over here from a place, you know, of, of heaviness and um, depression? Or was I looking at over here from a place of freedom and joy? How, well, how was I looking at the situation ahead and what I was praying for? Where I was standing changed everything. The perspective changed everything. And like we said with the lizard walk, that change, it changed everything in your approach. It changed how you walked through something. This is how it walked. It changed how, um, what we chose to do, the steps we took. It changes everything. You know, and this verse here in um, verse 14 says, Sin is no longer your master, for you no longer live under the requirements of the law. Instead, you live under the freedom of God's grace. You know, often when we look at that word sin, and it's like, oh, sin is, and like even when it says, do not let sin, verse 12, do not let sin control the way you live. Do not give in to sinful desires. Often when we think of the word sin, we just automatically think of the, the most obvious external actions like, oh, you know, okay, do not, do not walk in idolatry anymore. Do not cheat anymore. Do not lie anymore. You know, do not, do not walk in immorality um, anymore. Don't let sin control you, which is absolutely, they all fall under the banner of sin. But sometimes I think we just get so locked into those few external things, maybe because they can be a bit easier to be like, oh, yep, won't lie anymore. That really wasn't ever a problem with me anyway. But, you know, don't, don't, don't do these sinful actions anymore. But I believe like when it's talking about sin, it's talking about everything that comes under the curse of sin, everything that comes under the curse of, of being under the weight of sin, things like anxiety, things like jealousy, things like shame, things like guilt, things like fear. So when it says don't let sin control you, you could say don't let fear control you the way you live. You could say, don't let anxiety control the way you live. Don't let shame, don't let bitterness control the way you live. Don't let insert whatever it is that comes under. Don't let lack control the way you live. Don't let sickness control you the way it is. You know, sickness is no longer your master. Bitterness is no longer your master. Shame is no longer your master. So whatever it is, you could be saying, hey, look, I'm praying for this, but I'm actually standing over here and I'm seeing it through the perspective of something of a bitter heart. I'm seeing it through the perspective of, of sickness being a dominion over me. I'm seeing it from the perspective of what, who I was before Jesus. Yet over here, just changing my perspective, nothing in the situation necessarily changes. Just changing where I'm standing and looking at it from 
Everything changes in my approach and my way forward. Everything changes in my prayer. Everything changes in the way I approach and pray for what God wants me to do because I'm seeing it from the place of where I should be standing, from the place on the other side of Jesus, from the place on the other side of the cross, from the place of freedom who is no longer controlled by these things of the sin and curse, no longer in dominion of me. I'm over here and I'm therefore going to look at that exact same situation but from the place where I actually should be standing. So God was taking me through then. He used that example, sort of the lizard walk, a simple way to show how same thing, but your perspective changes moving forward. You know, it says in order to change your perspective, you have to change where you are standing. Where are you standing um, to look at the situation? And then as I was preparing um, for this message, and I had this concept of perspectives in my heart, and I actually sort of had, I, I had a couple of messages where I was like, Lord, which one have you got for me um, to give today? And as I was praying, the Lord spoke to me so specifically. And often when, you know, I say, oh, the Lord showed me this, the Lord spoke to me. Like I, I hear people and they sort of say, oh, the Lord, thus says the Lord, da, 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 da. Often I don't, I've never heard Lord in that way. It's not like word, 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 word. It's just like a concept will come up in my heart like just a, you, it's, you can't explain it until you experience it, but it's just a concept comes out of my spirit and then the Lord helps give, give words to what that concept is. But, you know, I, I know some people it's like, well, it's like you hear almost audible words that the Lord speaks to you. So often when I like I'm praying and the Lord shows me things, it's just in that form of a concept. But this time was quite different. As I was praying for the meeting, I felt so specifically God bring a few words to my heart and it was like so specific and so like, Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. Yes, God. Yep. Amen. Yep. That's what you've got for us. So I was, I was looking at this concept of perspective and where are we standing? Are we standing in who we are, you know, in Christ? Or am I looking at it from the perspective of, of sin being in control of me and shame and, and the condemnation of the enemy being my master? And so I was looking at that concept of perspective. And as I was praying I felt the Lord say, so some of it sort of paraphrased in concepts, some of it was specific words, but it was like, he's like, I need people to know where they're fighting from. He's like, I need people to know where you're fighting from. And I felt the concept come up. He said, my soldiers, in what I felt, my soldiers are losing battles because they're standing and seeing things from the wrong place. He's like, my, my soldiers, my, my like people on earth are losing battles because they're standing at the wrong place. And he said, I need my people to know where they're fighting from in order to win, in order to see victory. It was like such um, an, an exhortation, is that the word? Like such a, um, uh, such importance he was putting this, like, I need you to know where you're standing from because people are losing battles because they're praying and standing and fighting this totally from the wrong place. And then he, a word kept coming. He's like, he's like, because of where they're standing, the, the viewpoint of where they are is crippling and impacting what they can see and is, is giving the enemy an advantage in the situation. Because of where they're standing, it's like it's crippling what they can see and what they can do, and it's giving the enemy an advantage. Um, and he said, like, I need my soldiers standing to fight for the place I won for them so they can see victories and, in the battles they're in. And then he gave me this concept. I'm sorry, he also said... It was like this concept that it's like he needs us to see the victory. He needs his people walking in victory so he can do his purposes and do what God's wanting to do on the earth. He's like, I need my people to walk in victory. And there was this, this word and concept that came up, and it was the concept of vantage point. 
Now, I, I'd heard the word vantage point before, but it's not something I would ever use in speech. Um, so I knew it was from God, because I was like, I feel like I've heard that before, but I have no idea even really what it means um, or what it is. But I just thought the, the words vantage point came up in my heart. And he said the concept, and this was more concept about the fact that we are standing on the vantage point and we need to see the situations from the vantage point that God has given us. So when I started looking up what's, what's a vantage point, um, now, you know, there are probably many more educated people in here. I'm just using what I found online, so you can disagree with me later. Um, but I looked at the concept of vantage point and some of the de definitions that came up, but it's like a place, especially a high place, that provides a good, clear view of an area. The particular perspective or position from which you can see something. A position or place that affords a wide or advantageous um, perspective viewpoint. Um, literally a physical position. Um, and then I love a position within or in relation to some situation that gives one a particular perspective or point of view. And the more I looked at it, it was basically the concept, as far as I can see, is that vantage is essentially the word advantage. It's like a, a place of advantage, um, a place that gives you a view that is, is, gives you an advantage. A place of advantage um, is where you are. And most often, very, very commonly, it'll be a higher ground. So like it can, it can be others, but it'll be a, very mostly it'll be a higher ground where you can see more. Um, and you, know, you, can see the, you can see a larger area, wider area. And, you know, they I looked about, you know, vantage points in military, like it's not rocket science to realise that a name would be for, in a military on a war for the army to get to a vantage point, to a place of a higher, like a more advantage place and a point of view. Um, but I looked at some of the reasons why they said, like, why would, in the military, why would they choose a high ground? Um, why would they choose um, a vantage point? Now, I can already see some giggles in the ground. If you've seen Star Wars, the movies, there's a very famous line about, I've taken the higher ground. Um, and, you know, if you, if you go on social media for two seconds, you often see a meme pop up just um, with this line in Star Wars about the higher ground. He's like, I'm going to win because I've taken the higher ground. Um, but literally that concept, like they, some have said that that scene is a little bit cringy um, in the way they deliver that line. But the concept is true in the sense of I'm going to win because I've got the higher ground now, because I've got, you know, I've got, I've got the place of advantage. And then we looked, so I looked at like, why would they choose the high ground? Why would they choose the place of advantage? It's, you know, it's sort of obvious, but some of the things that's, yeah, I feel like I find it's helpful is to still list things out. But, you know, why would you choose the high ground or the vantage point for many tactical benefits? Um, it gives you a wider view, greater surveillance. You can see everything clearly as it really is. Um, psychological advantage. There's huge psycholo psychological advantages from being higher and being on the higher ground to your enemy. Um, there's huge physical advantage, um, just naturally physical advantage from being the one, if you're fighting an enemy, for you being the one that's higher, from you being the one that's lower. I, I know there are times, and there's probably lots of movies, where it's like, oh, look, we're the ones that were on the lower ground and, and still won. I'm just speaking in general terms. Um, and I thought this was interesting. It said fighting uphill is much harder to do. And I'm like, that's quite obvious when you think about it, but it, it's really important. Like fighting uphill is so much harder to win anything because you're so much more physical exertion. It's so much harder to be you're climbing, you're, you're going up and then having to fight on top of it as opposed to someone who's already up and fighting, fighting downhill. 
So God was talking about, um, the Holy Spirit, sorry, speaking to me about the concept of vantage point, about the fact that he said what he's done for us, the reason I felt like the more I was looking, I'm like, this is, this is so good. The reason that it's so important as to where you're looking at, because it changes where you are in the field, in the spiritual field, depending where you're looking at, changes where you're standing in terms of your enemy, changes where you're standing in terms of the situation. And God's saying, I've actually paid for you to be here on the vantage point. I've already paid for you to be over here. But some of you are still fighting like you're down here. You're still fighting. You're like, I know I'm forgiven, but I'm fighting and looking at this through the lens of someone who's unforgiven. I know God said that I'm free, but I'm looking through the lens. I'm looking at this as someone who is absolutely trapped and bound um, in this. You know, I, I, I know God said that that addiction doesn't have dominion over me anymore, but I'm looking at it through somebody who is just absolutely handcuffed to the addiction where God's saying, you're over here. You're set free. You, and as you start seeing where you are and then turning around and seeing the situation from the place that you are actually looking at, everything changes in your approach. Everything changes in how you're going to see victory in that battle. And as God was saying to me, he's like, I need my people to see victory. I need them to see victory. And maybe, maybe the fight is not anything different. Maybe you won't do anything different in terms of the fight. But all it changes, all you need to change is standing from here to here and seeing it through the right lens, seeing it from the right perspective, and everything can change in that situation. I felt like um, there was a, a slide about biblical um, examples. We'll skip over that. And I just want to go to um, a diagram, which I felt like the, ho the Holy Spirit gave me this image. Now, I'm not an artist. I didn't inherit my dad's amazing artistic abilities. Um, all my mum's, um, I think I did inherit my mum's amazing artistic abilities. That's why we've got this. Um, but... I sort of I felt this picture in my mind, which is a really very overly simplified picture of what it looks like. So basically, it's like you've got your enemy, and then imagine this is the ground, you know, the hill, hilly ground. And it's like that's where your enemy stands. And when I say before Jesus, you are actually already saved, but it's like you're fighting as if you're fighting from a battle as if Jesus hadn't won this for you already. And it's like imagine it's like this is where I've been trying to fight my battles from. And when you're standing there at the, the bottom of the hill, it's like, and you look up and the enemy is so big. The enemy is so overbearing. The enemy is so ginormous and scary. It's like you're trying to fight, but you can't see anything. You can't see anything beyond what you're doing. It's like, all I can see is the wall and this giant enemy above me. I can't see what's around him. I can't see. I'm feeling constantly defeated. I'm feeling like I'm just constantly under the weight of this big, heavy oppression. And it's like anytime I try to fight, I fall back down. Anytime I try to get up, the enemy just, you know, stamps on my hand and I'm like, oh, I'm down again. I feel like I'm down here. It's like you're, you're from a place of defeat and trying to win a battle from there is, is not going to work and is not, is not a good tactic, um, tactic. But then we say over here from the vantage point where it's like you go up to the high ground. And if I'm over here in the high ground, it's like I can see everything. And my enemy looks itty bitty small when I'm up here on the, the vantage point. Like I'm over here, I'm like, oh, he's so little, like so little down all the way down there. Because I'm over here on the place of victory. That doesn't look so scary. That doesn't look so, oh, he's so big. It's like, no, no, actually, I can look down. And you're actually, you're, you're, very, you're very small and very defeatable. When I look down from the place that I'm actually at the vantage point, I can see all the things that are happening around. I've got the psychological 
advantage. I've got the physical advantage. I've got every advantage. I'm in the point and place of advantage. So I believe. So I think that was amazing. So that when I was looking at just perspectives, I'm like, I'm from this side to this side. So I feel like it was amazing that as I was praying, the Holy Spirit was giving me pictures to say, hey, actually, it's not just about changing places. Because over here, it's all on the same level. You know, child's perspective, adult's perspective. You know, looking over here or looking at the perspective, you know, from before saved to after saved. Like, yes, it's important, but it's all on the same level. He said, actually, what's happening is you shift. When you realize that you're in the place of victory, you're in the place of advantage. When you actually, you elevate um, your perspective. When, when you change where you're standing or when you realize where you're standing, you elevate and then your perspective is, is increased and the, every advantage comes with it. And what you're really doing was standing over here underneath, underneath the enemy when I was looking at it from this point of view. So when we see, when we are standing in this place of defeat, we, we approach one way, but when we're standing over here, everything changes and we start seeing things from the way that God sees them. So we're in it. We're going to finish up soon, but I just want to do before that, I'm going to ask a couple of people to come and help me. Maybe Nadir, do you want to come up? Ethan, Chris, come on up. Go. Give them a hand. Give them a hand. Oh, oh yes. Sorry. The stairs, I've led you to the place of no stairs. Um, now, this is just a very easy, a very easy example. This isn't, doesn't look like a super high vantage point, but for OHS, this is the highest vantage point we really could allow on stage. Um, but God's vantage point has no OHS concerns. You're right up there. Um, no, but we're over here. But imagine, imagine like, you know, this is your enemy. Your enemy's been here. I'm going to move this so people can see. Go. So imagine like you've been. You've been fighting your enemy, and I just want to have a really simple thing to say, hey, God wants you to step up here and say, actually, this is where I'm standing now. Actually, devil, you're not on top of me. Whatever your problem is, is it lack? Is it sickness? Is it, um, is it, emotional, is it emotional stress? Is it, um, is it an addiction? It, whatever it might be, is it, is it feeling like bitterness and jealousy or, or, or uh, issues in your heart? are just feeling so defeating. You need to turn around and tell your devil, actually, you're down there and I'm up here. So I want to come, do you want to come up to the vantage point, Ethan? You know, are you seeing things from a place of gratitude? Come on up, Nadir. Are you seeing things from a place of love? Come on up, Chris. Are you seeing things from a place of favor? Come on up, Mark. Are you seeing things from the place of grace? Coming up, Kirsty. Are you seeing things from the place of forgiveness? Are you seeing things? Come on up. Come on up. Are you seeing things from the place of redemption? <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> Go. Are you seeing, oh, we've got a holiday serial thief in the room. <laughs> Are you seeing things from the place of redemption? Are you seeing, I'll give you two. Are you seeing things from the place of being set, set free? Are you seeing things from the place of victory? Amen. Or are you down here, Pre? Can you come up for me? I'm sorry. You're representing. You're representing the one who was defeated. Or are you down here seeing things through the lens of bitterness, the lens of defeat? Are you seeing things through the lens of someone who is a failure? Are you seeing things through sin and condemnation? Sin and condemnation. 
Or you say, is this how you're looking at your situation? Or you're saying, actually, actually where I'm standing is over here in the place of victory. Actually, when I look down, when I look down at my situation, I'm looking down and I'm standing over here and I'm changing my perspective. I'm changing my perspective and I'm seeing things from the way that God has seized them. I'm seeing them from the place that I should be standing. You know what, devil, you've told me long enough that I'm actually standing down here. You've told me long enough that, I, that I'm controlled by you. You've told me long enough, devil, that I, you're, you're in dominion over me. You've told me long enough, devil, that I'm a failure. You've told me long enough that I should be full of guilt and shame and I've lived with that weight and I've tried to fight you and I've tried to fight that devil. I've tried to fight that enemy. But with the weight on standing from the place of still feeling like underneath, I'm still seeing it through the lens of someone who's a sinner. I'm still seeing this through the lens of someone who's not forgiven. I'm still seeing this through the lens of someone who is in defeat. And you're saying, devil, not today. Not today, because when I read Romans, I see that my feet are actually planted somewhere else. My feet are not planted down here anymore. My feet are planted in the vantage point and that God has won for me. My feet are planted in a place who was forgiven. My feet are planted with someone who is free, who is walking in victory, grace, love, gratefulness, redemption, favor, everything. I am seeing things from this place up here. And I'm fighting the devil. I'm fighting this battle from the place that I'm standing up here. You know, the, the only other thing is I just want to say that I'm not saying you can automatically just jump to this vantage point and go, oh, this is nice. I'm going to fight from up here now. Whew, this is much nicer up here. I can see the whole land. I can see the enemy. I can win from up here. You can't stand up here unless you've gone through what Jesus has done. You can only stand up here because of Jesus. Don't just automatically, I think too many in our culture now just go, oh, that looks like a good spot, I'll jump up here. No, there's a process to get here and I don't want to assume anyone who's in here or is watching online hasn't, hasn't had the opportunity to meet Jesus. Well, I'm telling you the most amazing thing that Jesus has won that vantage point, but in order to come and stand with him, to look down in the perspective of what he's done, you need to say, Jesus, you're my Lord. Jesus, I surrender everything to you. Jesus, I join with you. I die on the cross with you. My sin, my nature, everything. I give up. The power. You know, these things can feel nice. Condemnation in the weirdest way is not, it feels nice. It's like a warm blanket sometimes because it feels nice to feel sorry for yourself. It feels nice to be in a pity party. Sometimes it feels nice to, to all these things, to be, oh, to be able to walk in fear or just to lash out or do whatever I want. But you say, Jesus, I'm surrendering. I'm giving over all of that. I'm giving over all of that. And you know what? The most amazing thing, this place is ready for you. This vantage point is so, oh, it's so ready for you. You don't have to take years of earning your way up to this place. You don't have to go, oh, little bit by little bit, I'll get to a place of victory where I can actually look down. You don't think, oh, one day I'll be like that preacher and I'll be up here looking down on my battles from a place of victory. Oh, no, with Jesus, it's ready. It's automatic. It's like as soon as you are, you are set free in Jesus, automatically you look down on your feet and say, actually, I'm over here now. Actually, I can see things through this lens, this perspective of someone who's forgiven and redeemed. I don't have to look down here anymore. I don't have to earn my place up here. I am here. And if you have made Jesus your Lord, you are here. And maybe the enemy's been trying to convince you to see things otherwise. But I want to encourage you to say whatever you're facing, Whatever looks like that giant mountain, whatever the enemy has tried to make you feel like that person down there who's like looking up, 
at the enemy, you start looking down at your feet and say, actually, I'm not standing down there. Actually, my feet are up here. Actually, my feet are up here. And devil, you're so small. Oh, you're so small down there. You've got no power. You've got no dominion. You might shout like you do. You might try to convince me I do. You might show your ugly head all the time and make you feel like you're, you're like in charge, but oh, you're not. Because up here, it's, it looks funny. You know, when you're up here and you see a person down there making a big scene like they're a big person, like, oh, that looks funny. Because you think you've got the advantage on me. You think you've won. Oh, no, 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 no. I'm actually over here on the side of victory. Now, you know, when we talk, we, you know, when I say enemy, this enemy's already been defeated in Christ. It's already been won. And I'm talking about battles that come up beyond Jesus, post-Jesus, when battles try to come and attack you. You say, no, no, I'm looking at you in the place of victory. Can we give our uh, people up here a hand and go? Thank you. You can just leave them, leave them anywhere there. <laughs> um, go. So this morning, I think God wants us to have a bit of a, a perspective shift. And I want to go back to what he told me, where he said, I need my people to know where they're fighting from. And I feel like that's so interesting because then when he gave me the picture of it being like, it's not just a change of perspective. You know, often when you hear the word perspective, you, you hear, oh, you see things through someone else's perspective or just take a step around and see it from someone else's. And that's all good. But what we're talking about here, God's saying, no, no, I actually need you to know where your feet are and where you're standing from because where you're looking at something from is changing how you're fighting this. And he said, I need you. I need you to see where you're standing from so you can see victory in your battles. Some people, he's like, they're not winning their battles because they're seeing them from the wrong place, because they're seeing them not from the place that I paid for them. And he said, I need my people to see victory. God wants to do things in these days, in these last days. God wants to do things in this region. God wants to do things in your family. And he needs us to be walking in victory to see that. And he's saying, I've paid for you to be up here. Don't believe the lie that you're down here. Don't believe the lie that you're under. Thank you, Lord. Should I get a seat? Just close your eyes for a moment. I invite you to stand in the room. And maybe keep your eyes closed for just a moment. For those online, please join us in this. I feel like there are people that the enemy has been trying to convince you that it's like he has dominion over you, that he's hovering over you, that he has dominion over you in this area. I know, I know that's everything we've been talking about, but I feel like there's something specific that it's like, you know what? I felt like, I feel like I've been underneath this. I feel like it's been in charge of me rather than me in charge of it. I feel like this has been controlling me. I want to read out this scripture and you substitute the word sin for whatever it is that you've been feeling under the dominion of. Whatever it is, if, if whatever feels like it's like, oh, that feels like it has been controlling and on top of me. That feels like that has been the master. Maybe it's lack, maybe it's sickness, whatever it is. You substitute it for the word when I say sin. All right? You just in your hearts, so you don't have to say that loud. Sin is no longer your master. 
You no longer live under the requirements of the law and whatever it is that you've just said. You, it is no longer your master. You no longer live under its requirements. You live under the freedom of God's grace. And in the name of Jesus, I, I, I encourage you to you turn around and maybe for the first time ever, you turn around and tell that name, you are under my feet. You are not in charge. I am only under freedom. You are not over me. You are not my master anymore. You are not my master. Jesus paid for you. And if you've got a problem, go deal with Jesus. He dealt with that. You're not in charge of me. You might say, oh, but I've messed up so many times in this area. I just keep getting back and back and back in this cycle. You say, ah, no, you're not in charge. You're not my master. I'm over here in the side of forgiven. I'm over here in the side of grace. I'm over here in the side of freedom. I'm over here from the point of love. I'm over here from somebody who has got the spirit of God in me. You no longer have dominion over me. I am set free in the name of Jesus. I am set free. And when I start praying, when I start looking down, I'm gonna start seeing you from somebody who's up here. I'm going to start looking down and I'm going to be praying for you from this place of victory. When I speak and pray to you, I'm not saying, please get off of me. Please get off me, anxiety. Please get off me, depression. I'm going to say, you are under my feet and you get out of here. You get out of here. I'm up here. You know what? I'll throw some praise down at you. You know what? I'm going to throw some word down at you. I'm over here. I've got my arrow. Whew! I'm going to hit you with scripture. You know what? I'm going to hit you with words. I'm going to come down here. I'm going to praise. Yeah, that's it. You run. You're down there. I'm up here. I'm up here and I've got every weapon around me. I've got every weapon. I've got the armor of God up here. Oh, what do I want to throw you? I'll throw down some truth. Oh, yeah. You know what? I'll throw down some love, some grace at you. I'll throw down. I'll throw down some praise because you're down there. You're down there. You're not over me. I'm not praying. Please get off me. I'm saying you get down. Woo! You better start running. You better start running because I'll come after you. I'll come after you. You better get out. We're coming. My victory's coming. Oh, Satan and all your messengers and angels, you better go because we're here and we know our victory. We know our victory. There's nothing more dangerous to the enemy than somebody who knows the victory they have in Jesus. There's nothing more dangerous to the enemy's camp in this region than a church that knows their place of victory. This is ah, We see this community from the place that we're at. And one that Jesus is Lord of. One that Jesus is not over. Thank you, Lord. You're going to see. Do you guys have a song or something? I feel like, you know what? Whatever it might be, we're going to finish up in a few minutes. But I want to encourage wherever you are, whatever it is that you're facing, you say, like we said up here, I'm going to start throwing. I'm not only not under you anymore. I'm up here and I'm ready. I've got some weapons and I'm ready to start attacking. Here's your warning. Here's your warning. Attack is about to begin and we're up here and I'm going to start praising and throwing it down at you because I'm going to see this through the perspective and place of my vantage point in Jesus. Why don't we pray? Praise.
Actually, I won't say a few minutes, however long God wants us to do it for, and then we'll, we'll move on. But I feel like there's an opportunity to hear. And I, wanna, I felt like the Lord saying, encourage you, you know what, that maybe you need to do some sort of corresponding action as a way to show your faith and show yourself, hey, it's like I'm taking a step. I'm stepping up here. And I want to encourage you, whatever that might be, maybe that's just saying, you know what, this is a big deal for me, but I'm lifting my hands. I'm lifting my hands. But I also want to encourage, I felt like to open up this area out here and just to say, nobody's, nobody's judging, nobody's thinking, oh, I wonder what they're standing out there for. We're all praising and we're all on this side of victory. No matter what it is, we're here in victory. I don't care what it is. We're here together in victory. And I want to open up and pretend like this area up here is an elevated vantage point and say, you know what? I'm coming, maybe. You may say I'm going to pretend to step up because I'm going to come out and say, in this moment, I'm choosing to step up to my vantage point and praise and dance and stamp because down there, because I am stepping up and stamping down on whatever it is held to me. So I want to open that up to say, if you'd like to sort of make a corresponding action, connect your face to say, I'm doing something to step up, to step up onto the vantage point. You come on out. Death couldn't hold you down. We're going to lift our voice in victory. Gonna make your praises loud. The enemy has been defeated, and death couldn't hold you down. We're gonna lift our voice in victory. Gonna make your praises loud. The enemy has been defeated, Shout out to God with the voice of triumph. 
Hallelujah. Come on up here at the vantage point, Caleb. Hallelujah. Can I get you to pray? Get around to get an agreement? It's good to be up here. You can see right now. Hallelujah. It's a good vantage point. Hallelujah. We've had a couple of people online that have reached out and said, can we have prayer with them? Yeah. Um, David getting need to get scans on his knee and um, Shana um, with a, has rolled her ankle or hurt her ankle badly. We're going to believe God. Yeah, Hallelujah. amen. Hallelujah. I appreciate um, one of the, I'm not sure who it was, put online and it was just a great comment. It was like, you know, this is exactly what Ephesians 2 says. It says, we have been seated with Him yeah, in so good. heavenly places. Woo! Amen. Hallelujah. That's, that's exactly what Caitlin's been preaching. Is we have been seated with. I don't know yeah. what the two biblical examples we're going to use. Well, <laughs> no, I was pretty excited. It wasn't one of them, but we'll get to them. Was that one of them? <laughs> no. no? Um, yeah, that was good, you know. And, and you know, when the, the 12 spies went out, 10 came back. You know what they said? They said, we are locusts in their mm. side. You know what? So that wasn't good. true. That was not true. Yeah. They saw themselves small. Their vanity yeah. was low. So good. But up here, Joshua and Caleb yeah. saying, you know, we can do this. We're conquerors. We We're can victors. Yeah. We Woo. can do this. Yeah. Only two of them came back. Yeah. The other ten are down in the bottom of the valley. So and good. the two of them are standing up here saying, we can do yeah. this. Yeah. We can do so this. So good. Hallelujah. So I want you to pray for those, particularly Shana and, and David, but anyone mm. else. And if you... If you're here, we haven't given yeah. you the opportunity. If you want prayer for sickness, come yeah. forward right now. Woo. Get in this prayer. Get the yeah. overflow of it. We're going to pray. Believe God. We are coming from the advantage, yep. from the vantage point of that He has yeah. already Woo. paid for our sicknesses, Amen. carried our pains and our Amen. diseases on His body. He already done it Amen. according to Isaiah 53, according yeah. to Matthew, where He said that Scripture was the fulfillment when Jesus was healing. Hallelujah. So we have that vantage point yep. to be speaking to that sickness. So if you want prayer, you come right down yeah. here right now. Woo. Let us speak to you. Yeah, Hallelujah. Amen. But for Caitlin, you like pray for those online. Amen. Um, thank you, Lord. Join your faith in the room. Those online. Lord, I thank you, God. We are standing here collectively together on the vantage point. God, I see us. I see us all together. We're together standing on the point, the vantage point, on the high ground, the one that you've paid for. We are standing in this place of victory. I see David and Jocelyn. I see Shana. Lord, I see anyone else, Lord, who is feeling the attacks of sickness in their body, feeling the attacks of disease. She's got to go ongoing things. The doctors have said ongoing um, diagnosis, family curses. They've said, oh, this has been in your family for years. I see us standing together on the place of victory, on the mountain of victory. And we look down, and we look down at you itty bitty sickness down there, and you say you better run. Because we say, sickness is no longer our master. We no longer live under the requirements of sickness. Instead, we live under the freedom of God's grace, and that is one of health and life. That is one of freedom in every part of our bodies. That is one oh, of going from strength to strength, of getting stronger and stronger, stronger. So we say, sickness, you leave in the name of Jesus. We speak to those bodies and we call them well. We call the symptoms to come up to here where they should be. We call them to rise up to the place of victory that you have called them to be. We say, bodies, be well 
In Jesus' name, son, I got praying for all good things internal. Open. In Jesus' name, open. Son, I got a family. I know this wasn't a specific request, but I just keep coming. That family is like generational sick um, curses and disease things. And all oh, this has been in my family. My dad had this. My grandpa had this. You know, in terms of sickness, it's gone. It's gone. It's no longer the master of your family and future generations. It is gone. It is under your feet in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Hallelujah. Amen. Hallelujah. Come back up the vantage point. <laughs> Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I praise God. I thank God for that word, that, that exhortation. It had an urgency, uh, very much a prophetic yes. We need to, uh, you probably, did you get to hear my, uh, were you part of Academy? You didn't hear Academy. No. Uh, they were working on Friday, so I presume that you hadn't heard it. Um, Academy, where we dive deep into some of these truths, and um, it was Romans chapter 6, <laughs> verses 11 to 13. Oh, wow. Was what we spoke on. So on, good. Um, on Friday. We just went right deep into those same verses that you Good. actually... Amazing. Um, so I didn't think you knew about it. If you nope. knew, it wouldn't have mattered anyway. You'd prepared this earlier. <laughs> um, and um, Jordan was talking to me and Caleb coming over. He's doing Super Kids. Mm. Um, the scripture he wanted to use was Romans 6, 11. Wow. Was going to be his, um, so good. So we... we I, I sort of feel like God's saying something <laughs> to us as a church. Yeah, so, so good. So while we've been getting that here, the Super Kids have been getting it... Oh, so um, good. ...in there. Um, so... You can get parents who can combine with that, work with that. Mm. Um, but you might, and if you want to go back, watch our, our academies online. So you go, yeah. go to our website. You can find that pretty easily. And um, just listen to the, yeah. uh, you know, I was so excited by what mm. you were sharing. Hallelujah. So good. So, well, one, I don't know if you've got anything else to share, but I want to pray yeah. for, for yeah. Christine. Um, to She's going to be ministering with Vonnie on mm. Saturday. At the Woo, Women yeah. Women. So come, come out. You don't have to come up to the vantage point, but we'll come down to you. 